welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Congruent Life, where we're exploring authenticity and congruence and sharing inspirational stories of people who are living into their passions. My name is Andy Gray, and I really appreciate all of you tuning in to share these stories. I've been really gratified at the response to A Congruent Life so far. It certainly seems that something about this show is resonating for many of you, so thank you. If you're finding these conversations interesting and inspiring, then I'll keep doing them. I have lots of amazing people lined up for upcoming episodes, so please stick around. This is episode number 18 of A Congruent Life. In this episode, I'm talking with Rudy Kennard, who is a resiliency coach in the UK and a facilitator for something called The Three Principles. I'd like to thank listener Kelly Fries, who contacted me and suggested Rudy as a guest for A Congruent Life. I hadn't heard of The Three Principles before, but was delighted to make the connection with Rudy. Here's part of our conversation. I'm talking today to Rudy Kennard, who is a well-being and resiliency consultant and works with something called The Three Principles. Rudy, welcome to A Congruent Life. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be able to contribute towards your already good work. It's great what you're doing, and I really like it. That was, um, that's really helpful in this day and age, I think, what you're doing. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate that. Can you maybe just start with kind of a general introduction about who you are and, and what you do? Sure. Well, um, I guess I work with people who want to experience a greater depth of peace, well-being, joy, and okayness in life. So it's not about making people happier. It's kind of about drawing out the wisdom and the health and the well-being that's already residing within them, but maybe covered over with a lot of programming beliefs and thinking. And um, I've worked with one-to-ones. I've spoken within jails, um, corporations, homeless shelters, you know, really across the board. So um, I get a tremendous amount of enjoyment from doing that. You work with something that's called the three principles. For those that aren't familiar with the three principles, could you maybe give kind of an introduction to what that is and what that's all about and why it's, you know, why you've ever centered your work around it? Sure. Well, um, if it's okay with you, Andy, I, I will answer your question, but I'll, we, I'll re- weave it a little bit into a story and that may be more useful for people, I'm, I'm hoping. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Just as a quick recap, which is poignant to what we're going to be talking about, I grew up in a very um, dysfunctional household, to be quite honest. There's always arguing and fights, and my younger years was kind of um, highlighted by a lot of quite low mental health, really. And I remember when I was 20, I went backpacking to New Zealand, which is the first time I've ever been on an aeroplane before. And I found the whole experience totally magical and transforming. At that time, it's kind of it's kind of a long story. But I remember I went to New Zealand and I was doing a lot of exercise at the time and I hurt my back um, and I couldn't move. Like I literally had two months in this beautiful, beautiful country. Where I just couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I was getting anxious and aggressive. And and so I learned to meditate more out of boredom than anything spiritual but I learned to meditate because I heard it really helps pain and I was in an awful lot of pain and so 
I kind of went to these classes and learned to meditate. And surprisingly, my back got better very quickly when my mind was calmer. And then when it was good enough, I went off backpacking down to Queenstown in the South Island of New Zealand. And I had this ex really quite mind-blowing experience of, um, I suppose people would call it oneness or scientists would call it um, the unifying field or religion may call it God. You know, everyone's going to have their own makeup on what that is. But it gave me an inkling as to what my true nature was, who I really was. And all I can say is um, I was overcome by incredibly deep feeling of well-being and health and love and connection and just unbelievably good feeling towards my other human being, brothers and sisters and all the animals and the plants. It kind of really went in personally to me. And so when I got back, I threw myself into learning everything I possibly could to share this with other people. So I studied new linguistic programming, which is programming the mind for success, clinical hypnotherapy, which is using the unconscious mind for therapy. I continued and ended up teaching meditation and Tai Chi Chi Gung. I, I spent, I think, in the realm of 15 years looking into the mind and how it worked. And... I was really doing this so I could kind of talk about what happened and who we really are, not who we really aren't. I'm 41 now, and I think when I was 33, um, no, 32, I came across something called the three principles. And I'm kind of thinking, oh, I don't really know what it's about. It's something to do with well-being and health. But I kind of know all about all that already. I've studied it. I, I know all about it. And... What struck me is this gentleman called um, Sidney Banks, who's kind of the pioneer of it. He exuded such a depth of good feeling and love and authenticity towards other people um, that I was kind of a little bit struck. This guy hadn't actually said anything yet, but as human beings, we, we have a sense to look beyond the form, to look beyond the behavior and a sense of a feeling of somebody, if that makes sense, like an intuition or a deeper sense of understanding and it kind of struck me I was like okay this this guy's definitely seen something and I'm just not quite sure what it is and I think because I was so full I'd done so much training in the mind um, I didn't really hear anything to be honest something about this three principle understanding I, there was something about it that couldn't put my finger on but I hung in there and then a couple of months after coming across it I had a really big shift in my own thinking and I can honestly say that um, I stopped it's not as if I self-developed or I improved or I got better it's more of a case of I believed less in what I wasn't and became who I truly was more it's like I drew out who I really was and got rid of a lot of my egotistical ways of competitiveness and thinking that I'm better than somebody or know something more than anybody it kind of humanized me to a degree. It kind of, um, it just kind of made me a bit more authentic and real. And I wasn't trying to show off. I wasn't trying to impress people. I wasn't trying to think of what I can say to, to make an impact. I was just kind of in the experience of my life and I wasn't bothered what people thought of me so much. And I wasn't trying to make an impression. I didn't, it didn't matter if I failed or if I wasn't the best at something. All of that kind of started to fall away. And it's almost like this correlation between the more human I got and how more effortless my life became. 
I got so touched by this understanding, which in and of itself, I know I haven't spoken about the understanding yet. It is a completely neutral understanding of how your mind works. And they're based on fundamental principles. They're not based on good ideas or beliefs or theories. They're kind of based on the principles behind how life works, really. It's um, it's quite something. And I won't go into great depth about it now because I know I could talk about it for an hour. <laughs> it won't be good for the interview. But I found that where I used to work with clients, and I was trying to improve them. I was trying to get them to think more positive. I was trying to get them to engineer their life in a way that's beneficial. I'm finding now I'm really sharing an understanding of how their mind works to put them more in touch with their humanity. And the issues and problems that they have kind of just magically melt away because I know that Einstein said something along the scenes of um, a problem cannot be solved with the same level of thinking that created it. I'm sure you've probably heard that. Many of the listeners may have heard that. So if our level of thinking is here and our problems are here, when our level of thinking arises, it's like we don't have any problems because we see beyond them. And all I can say is I can't really put words on it, but my level of understanding who I was, the nature of my experience of life and where that was coming from deepened to such an extent that not only was I having a more effortless life, but I was able to transmit, because it's not like a, a learning or a teaching, kind of transmit this understanding for other people to do that. And I often think that I'm living the most wondrous life because it's not that I've got a big house and a big car and famous, I haven't got any of those, but I'm living in a headspace that is just beautiful and calm without having to do anything to get it. And my depth of connection with people is deeper and more meaningful. And my relationship with my wife is just, I could never imagine having such a harmonious relationship with another person because I never had it before this. And it's just effortless. And if someone was to say to me, Rudy, you know, is an effortless life possible? I would have absolutely said no, because you need you need a struggle to learn and you need to go over your past. And, you know, life's difficult and all you can do is do the best you can. But I think what I'm finding now is there's a certain energy and there's a certain intelligence behind life. And when you're in alignment with that, it's not that you're trying to be in alignment and you're doing something to get an alignment. When you have a natural understanding of how life works, you kind of fall into alignment with it and you enter like a flow state of mind where things are just easier. And when they're not, you're okay with them not being like that. I do feel such a depth of gratitude for that first course I went on nine years ago to, to kind of show me this and I think I've got a dream job, really, just sharing this with other people, which mostly we do by donation. Can you give some examples, maybe, of how you do this? How, how do you use this in your work with other people? Are there some stories you can tell around that? It's almost like the reverse. is It uses me to help others rather than me using it. Um, I think a byproduct of this understanding is that you have a lot less on your mind. 
And when you're less in your mind, you're more in life and you have more freely available resources of creativity and intuition and insight and inspiration and good ideas. And so when I'm working with my clients, like one of my clients, um, when she came to me, she only saw two things. She either left her husband or she stayed with him and coped with him being what he's like with his behavior. And she was she didn't want to leave her husband because she came from a broken family herself and she had children with him and she just didn't want to do that. But she couldn't cope with living with him with his current behavior. And so she came to me a bit like snarled up in a little knot and hoping that I could help untie it, come up with some clarity. And in the past, I would have given her a huge list of good ideas of what I thought she should do. Or I would have helped her work through her issues with her husband. But what really occurred to me after listening to her story was that it's not so much what you do in a relationship, it's who you are. And who you are will do differently. It was a side effect of a state of being rather than the side effect of a state of a doing. And I know that is really a little bit zen. But what she saw within the session is her own role, her own innocent innocent role to play in how she was creating her experience of her life her experience of her husband because all thought neutrally all life neutrally is thought generated not meaning that you know you you think of a pen then a pen appears out of nowhere I'm really saying that my perception of this pen is a thought created perception so I can think that's a really good pen Another person can think it's a really rubbish pen. So you have the same stimulus, but a different perception of the stimulus. And I know in some of our courses, you know, I can play four different tracks of music and out of the audience, you can have everyone having a different opinion, whether they like the music or not. Again, it's the same music, but all of us use our own thought to create if we like something or don't like something. And so, we spoke loosely around how these principles behind our psychology create our experience of life kind of quite neutrally and she saw her own role to play in her experience of her husband and she actually saw that a lot of her thinking of her husband wasn't necessarily true it's just her perception of what she thought was true and I know that's kind of a bit zen again well what happened is she went back to her husband and she realized that out of her own insecurity She'd been not doing all the things she wanted to do, not wanting to leave him by himself, not contacting the friends she wanted to do, not doing the creative things she wanted to do out of insecurity. She saw how her insecurity was being generated. And something quite miraculous happened. It's like when her state of being arose, the knock-on effect is that her husband's state of being arose as well because you kind of absorb it a bit like a sponge. When I spoke to her a couple of months after the session, because I only had one session, she said she's in a really good relationship now. Um, she's so glad she didn't leave. And most of the trouble was, was her own thinking of the relationship rather than anything her husband was doing. Now, I'm not trying to put blame on if you're in a bad relationship, it's your fault because of your thinking. That's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that our entire experience of reality our entire experience of ourselves, of our friends, of our boss, of our environment is thought generated neutrally. 
We cannot have an experience of anything without thought. And when you see how that works, the world changes before your eyes because the world is a perception of your own creation. And when you see how it's creating, the world changes before your eyes because you're thinking differently. My understanding is that you do quite a bit of work with prisons as well. We met this chap called Dr. Roger Mills, who's a community psychologist, and he spoke about this work within prisons and jails, homeless shelters and communities. And he was saying that one community in America had the fourth highest homicide rate per capita in, in America. With a huge grant from the government, they brought this understanding to that community. And there hadn't been one homicide there since that community project. Drugs, drug abuse and prostitution was wiped out. And that particular project, the police officer involved who shared this understanding got the California Peace Prize. It was on five network news channels. And it is like almost like this fantastical story. I was like, I didn't quite believe that this strange understanding can have that kind of impact with, with a community. And so I looked into it and I found that the, these results were replicated in other communities. And so I remember telling people about this and they didn't believe me as I didn't when I first heard it. And so I thought, what can I do? This is another thing. I, I went from thinking, what can I get out of life? to what can life get out of me? How can I be of service to others rather than how can people serve me, make me happy? It, it's like a role reversal in my thinking. And so I thought, well, you know what will be good is to get all this stuff on video. Go to the community, interview the police officer, interview the community, talk to the judge, and kind of get some kind of proof that this is even possible. And so three years ago, three and a half years ago, myself and my wife just packed up, got the gear we needed and went off to America because we're based in the UK. And I have to say, at the time, we had no money to go away for three months. We had rent to pay and we didn't know how we were going to do it. But the thing about being in alignment and in that, in my mind, the thing about being 100% congruent to who you are is you will get wisdom you'll get your intuition you'll get that quiet voice within your own mind pointing you in certain directions and it may not always be in the best interests of your self-created personality but it's going to be in the best interests of your spirit and so three days before we were going to go to america we still didn't have the money to go even though we bought the ticket out of a credit card we bought the gear out of a credit card and still didn't know how we we're going to pay the rent. Now, pre-principles, my thinking of insecurity about what the hell am I doing would have completely stopped me from doing it. But the thing about thought is that underneath our personal thought, there is a divine, there is a universal thought that will always guide us, that will always point us in the right direction. And I got more interest in that rather than what my head was giving me. Three days before we left, we got an um, email from Lloyds Bank, a bank here in the UK, saying we would like to give you a £7,000 loan. So we did it and we had the money to go. Now, in case I forget, we actually managed to pay all of the money off that we borrowed to do it in the first place. But that's kind of further down the line. So we went to America. We went into jails, schools, community centres, prisons, you know, multi-billion dollar corporations, uh, juvenile detention centres, drug and alcohol abuse um, centres. And in every single walk of life, whether that was a, 
a millionaire CEO of a multinational company or whether it is a homeless person on the street or someone who is incarcerated, these three principles work the same for them because it's not based on personality or someone's past or the way they think. It's based on the universal principles behind how we create our experience of life. It's impersonal. It's not to do with the personality or the content of thought. It's to do what is creating personality. It's to do with what is creating the content of one's mind. It goes before the form of where the field's currently looking at the moment. And one of my biggest things, well, this is this is kind of a spiritual understanding because we're talking about something before form. So how could this possibly work in a multi-billion dollar company where they survive off performance and income and leadership? And how could this possibly work with prison inmates who are hardened up to life, who's kind of clothed themselves down to survive? And I can honestly say that, again, it didn't change them it reminded them of their divine spiritual nature. It reminded them of who they truly were again. And that wasn't the crap that had happened to them in the past or their behavior. It reminded them of this unbreakable well-being and health and spiritual nature that we all have and we're all part of and connected to. And when we look in that direction, it kind of blows up. It neutralizes who we, what we had already created of ourselves. I'm not saying it takes the past away or our behaviours, but what it does, it gives us a different relationship in our thinking about the past where we can move on from the forward with empowerment and authenticity and well-being and health and, to be honest, service to other people. And so we documented all of this, got back home and then <laughs> literally spent three years editing this and other footage we've got along the way and so I've been doing my normal job and I've, it's almost been a full time job now for three years voluntarily with no funding source apart from our own finances to get the three principles movies dot com site up. It hasn't always been easy. It's been a hard slog. I've been working most weekends, a lot of evenings. I haven't had enough time to see my family. I've missed out on social events. So it hasn't been easy, even with this understanding. But what has happened is no point me being alive unless I can contribute towards humanity's evolution. There's no point me being here unless I can help people remember who they truly are. There's no point me being here unless I'm doing that. And it's not as if this is my life purpose, because again, we make up, we have a life purpose. I don't know if there is such a thing. I just know that what gives me pleasure is doing the things I enjoy doing, whatever that is, and, I, and so happens to be that I enjoy doing this right now. When I stop enjoying it, then I do something else. And so now we've got this site with literally hundreds and hundreds of videos, transformational stories. We've got a research section with 50 peer reviewed journals of the authenticity of the three principles within different fields. Um, and it's all on the threeprinciplesmovies.com website. And it's been a huge, huge undertaking. And it's cost us £40,000 of our own money, you know, because we haven't had funding. We've had maybe £7,000 in donations from people. But I kind of knew that if it had to be done, I couldn't wait to get funding. I just had to be in alignment with whatever it was and it will provide for me. And four years later, right now, after going through the three years of creating it, 
things have just manifested where we've paid all the money off and we're okay financially. We're certainly not wealthy, but we have enough money to do whatever we want to do. Not in the bank, but I know that whatever I want to do, the money will come for me to do that. Financial freedom isn't about having a set income in the bank or a house. It's about knowing that life will take care of you and you'll be there when you need to do something. That is true financial freedom. So given all of that, can you perhaps summarize what the three principles are? To give a definition, it is an insight-based understanding of how you create your life experience from the inside out. And I know that definition will do nothing for people listening to this. It's a little bit like that movie, The Matrix. When it first came out, their advertising campaign was, do you know what The Matrix is? I don't know if you remember that, but I was like, well, what what is The Matrix? And it says you have to experience it for yourself. And so I got a definition of the principles like I've just given you, but it didn't do anything for me. When I went on a course, and what I like to say is I'm not trying to sell myself all three principle-based courses don't go if you don't want to. And a lot of courses are run via donation and you can find courses you don't have to pay money to go. So I don't want it to come across as I'm trying to sell something here. What I'm trying to come across is that at that time I was an expert in the mind and now (laughs) I guess I'm an expert in humanity, in what it really means to have a mind how you create your mind, what it creates. It's like it's before the form of what the field is looking at the moment. People think if you change your behavior, then you'll be okay. It's so hard to change one behavior. When you're angry, it's hard to go, oh, I'm not going to be angry anymore. So they say, well, if you go back a step, behavior is created by your state of mind. If your state of mind is high, you're going to be maybe peaceful or, or happy or friendly. If your state of mind is low, you may be angry or insecure. If you go back another step, what creates state of mind? It's like your thinking creates your state of mind. You know, you've got to think happy to feel happy. You've got to think sad to feel sad. You've got to have feeling thinking of goodwill to feel goodwill. It's just common sense in my book. Now, the field at the moment know that well-being and health and resilience has something to do with thought. They understand that thought kind of creates your experience, your feeling. But the field is currently looking at the content of one's thinking, managing, correcting, trying to change it, be aware of it, to to stop it. Now, that is true within coaching, within, um, you know, mental health field, within psychology, Now, the three principles takes a step even further back than thought to the energy behind what's creating thought and how that works. Now, when you go back to the source of creation itself as to how you're creating, with that understanding and insightful understanding, again, this can't be learned via your logic, reason, intelligence. It happens via an insight, which is a heartfelt new thought that you've never had before. The kind of thing that happens when you see something new and you get kind of like your skin goes kind of bumpy and you get shivers up your spine or like you have a completely fresh idea about something you've never had before that gets rid of a problem. So we're talking about this kind of an insight. It works via an insight. And when you see how you're creating it, you just don't create the same kind of stuff that you would normally to create, which creates your experience of life. Because one's entire experience of life is a feeling state. People innocently 
innocently, innocently, innocently believe that if they got the perfect partner, if they got the perfect job, if they had the holiday, if they had the pay rise, if they got famous, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they'll be happier. If you step back a bit from that, what's actually happening is that all of those things they think will help them think differently and thought and feeling are the same entity. We're living in the feeling of our thinking. I used to do modeling and TV presenting a long time ago, and I met lots of celebrities, and they were no happier than the average person who works in a supermarket, even with all the stuff that they've done and what they've got. Because your entire experience of life is a feeling experience, and feeling comes from thought. And when you understand how thought works, you just feel better, and so you have a better life. It's not out there, it's in us. You can do things out there to feel better, and it may work to a degree while you've got the thing out there, but you take the thing out there away, then you're powerless again. I think what I've really found is that my own happiness and resilience and well-being and authenticity and what I share with, with clients and groups is that it's within us. It's looking within. And when we see how it works, we have that regardless of out there i mean if you go to the three-principles.com movie site and put communities in the search engine you'll see interviews we did with prison inmates who could be locked up for life so they've got a harsh environment and they say i'm glad i got in this place because i understood through these three principles classes who i truly am i understood i got myself in here via my thinking and the bars of this prison are not the bars. The bars are my own thinking. And people are having serenity and freedom within horrific environments. Now, that understanding can take them out of that environment because they're thinking in a more empowered, wiser way. But while they're in that environment, it is 100% possible to get a greater level of resilience and health. Because there's that saying that says serenity isn't freedom from the storm, it's peace within it. And I can say that all of us, every single one of us has the capacity, the innate natural capacity to experience peace regardless of our past, regardless of our past behavior, regardless of the labels that may be put on us by society and regardless of the environment that we're in. And I know that sounds too good to be true, but I would advise people to go to threeprinciplesmovies.com and actually have a look on the site and hear it from the people themselves and look at the research because what I'm talking about is a fresh paradigm to mental health, to psychological well-being, to resilience. It's not focused on out there. It's understanding what in here is about, but neutrally. It's not new age. It's not based on beliefs. It's based on neutral facts behind how we experience life. You've used words quite a few times like aligned and congruent and authentic. And that's really the point of this project, which is called A Congruent Life. What does living authentically or congruently mean to you? Living with one's heart. Letting your heart guide you rather than your head. Letting your service to others be your main volition rather than service to yourself. Being in alignment is just seeing life, how it really works, what it really is, who you truly are. 
And a byproduct of seeing that deeply is that you become congruent. I spent a long time trying to be congruent. I tried. I spent a long time trying to be friendly to people, trying to be present, trying to do good things. And it was always a bit half-hearted because I didn't really feel I wanted to. When I got in alignment with the way things worked, I fell into it because it just makes sense to do it, not because you should or it's a good idea, but because you can't help but not do it. I drove past someone today, his car's broken down, so I just stopped and said, are you okay? Do you need to make a phone call or something? Now, my head was saying, don't do it because they might be frightened or they've probably got a phone, but my heart was leading me. And I think when we always act from her heart, and I know that some people not like me saying it in that way. So another way may be, I don't know, like follow your intuition, follow your lust in life, follow your good feeling. To me, I say follow your heart. And I think for too long now, all of us, myself included, have been living a life run by the head and sometimes by the heart because we think the head knows better but what I will say, we have to turn that misunderstanding on its head. And it's only, I can only say I've only been congruently following my heart for three years. Even though I'd been around this understanding nine years, this understanding doesn't, it's not like a magical panacea. It can take time. I'm not saying it is. But it's almost like I'm so less interested in the thinking that telling me that I can't do it or I'm not capable or I'm not worthy or and I've got more interest in my heart which is always going to be to the benefit of other beings it's always going to be at the benefit of other people and when I follow that yes there's personal disadvantages meaning that I spent 40,000 pounds of my own money to do the movie site but the magic of it is is that somehow I don't know how but things conspire to help you do what you're meant to be doing when you're congruent and it all just works out. I don't know how, I just know that for me at least it's truth. The only life for me worth living is a congruent one because it's the easiest one, it's the most effortless one. And like even this morning I got an email from someone in America who watched two videos on the movie site and I started weeping with joy because I understood that all the, sorry for swearing, but all the crap that they made up about themselves and been told about themselves all of their lives just fell away. And they saw beyond the labels to who they truly were. And they've never experienced so much peace. Now, that's just watching two videos. Now, that is certainly not going to happen for most people. It didn't happen for me that way. But that's the possibility of this. And so in a long-winded answer... A congruent life is being who you really are, following your heart and being of service to others. It's the only way for me to live. I can't do anything else now. <laughs> so what's next for you, Rudy? What, like, where do you see this going in, in the projects that you're doing in the world? Well, I'm very excited because we just started working with Mind, which is a uh, mental health body in the UK. They've got 200 offices all over the United Kingdom, and they specifically work with people who had a really hard time um, being schizophrenia, depression, personality disorder, anxiety. And these are the guys that the three principles has had the most marked positive response with. 
go to the transformational stories on the three principles movies.com site and kind of see that for yourself if you're interested but they wanted to move their organization towards more of a principle-based understanding meaning that you treat people as you want to be treated yourself you don't think that you're better than them you connect to their humanity and your humanity and you see the health in them again these aren't things you have to do. It's things, it's a state of being you just do with the understanding. If that makes sense, it's like a natural thing. So we're working with those guys and we are working to get the three principles movies.com site more visible to really help people. I mean, we had one guy come on a course who had horrific post traumatic stress disorder and he was probably an inch away from committing suicide on numerous occasions. He had one day. And again, I don't want this to sound fantastic because some people are going to take an awful lot longer. Other people may not hear it. But this guy had one day and he saw how he was innocently bringing up his past experience in his own mind because we all do that. And he's innocent in that because we all do that. It was creating his feeling because the imagination can't tell something between what's real and what's imagined. And he was living in the feeling of his thinking, which was anxiety and stress and overwhelm. And the cortisol and adrenaline was going through his body because psychologically, it's almost like he was still there, if you see what I mean. He saw how he was innocently bringing that thinking up into his own mind, which is an experience carried through time via thought. And it's not as if it's blame-based because we all do this and it's, it's just how it happens. And what happened he realized he didn't actually need to do that anymore. The thinking still came up, but he caught it more often when he was thinking it and realized, I don't need to do that anymore. And then it kind of diminished. And it's a bit like a balloon, you know, the more air you put in a balloon, the bigger it gets. And I think with something like PTSD, again, I'm, I know because we're short on time, so I'm simplifying it here is that the less we think about that traumatic event, the air blows out of the balloon and it, it's not so all-consuming for us. And so it was just simply that. His thinking about his event changed and so his feeling of being in life changed, you know. And what's true for him is true for anybody. It doesn't have to be a traumatic experience. It could be, could be anything. Like I had a client who couldn't go on an aeroplane because of anxiety. He just caught himself thinking anxious thoughts and then he kind of stopped doing it so much. And it's not as if he tried to catch himself or did anything to be aware of his thinking. His relationship with thought changed and that he just didn't really go there in his mind. It's like the lazy man's way of doing it. The way I see I'm going is that I would like to help the paradigm of mental health change to one looking at illness towards looking at the health in people. And I'd like to really get this understanding out there as neutrally as possible um, to help other people who may be suffering to wake them up to what is already present, which has always been there, who they already are. But a layer of thinking may tell them otherwise. How can our listeners engage with you, Rudy? Well, if you go to www.3principlesmovies.com, that's the um, word 3principlesmovies.com, you can just contact me from there. That site hasn't got a lot of myself on it because I wanted to make it neutral. But if you go to contact us, you can email me via the site. But the site is promoting the understanding, not Rudy. It's promoting, we've got literally 40 different facilitators in this, including myself talking about it. 
we've got 50 peer-reviewed journal articles on the effectiveness um, within different fields. We've got books, podcasts, videos, transformational stories. Um, it kind of, I wanted to create it and it's completely free. So you don't have to pay anything to access anything. Um, and I wanted to make that resource for people who are interested. And, and again, I didn't change. I didn't have a transformation through this myself. My wife did. This isn't a magical panacea that's going to heal the world. But for people who are interested and open to seeing something new, it has worked miracles. Um, and I feel blessed and honoured that I could play some small role in giving people access to this. Well, Rudy Kennard, thanks very much for sharing this work, sharing these stories and, and spending this time with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And um, thank you so much for, for inviting me. It's a real honor. And again, I, I love the work you are doing. And I feel very blessed that you'd think of in, in, interviewing me. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Rudy Kennard. Do you have experience with or stories to tell about the three principles? Please leave a comment on the webpage for this episode, which you can find at acongruentlife.net slash 18. Please visit us and like our page on Facebook. You can reach our Facebook page through the link at the top of the A Congruent Life website or just search for A Congruent Life. Thanks again for being here and listening to A Congruent Life. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at a congruent life.net. See you next time.